Welcome to Everything Co-op, bringing you information on how cooperatives can help improve your quality of life. This show is being sponsored by the National Co-op Bank, NCB. The NCB is dedicated to strengthening communities nationwide for the delivery of banking and financial services for the nation's cooperatives, their members, and other socially responsible organizations. For more information on the power of community ownership, visit ncb.coop. That's ncb.coop. Now stay tuned for your host, Vernon Oaks. Good morning, everybody. This is Vernon Oaks. Welcome to Everything Co-op this beautiful, wonderful Thursday morning. And we have Miss Carla Decker on the phone. Good morning, Miss Decker. Good morning. How are you? I am fantastic. And you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Great, 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 great. So you're with the District Government Employees Federal Credit Union. Yes, I'm happy to say that we have rebranded in January, so now it's easier. It's actually just D.C. Credit Union. Okay, that's okay. I can say that easier. <laughs> yes. Okay. And how long have you been with them? Since 2001. Um, I joined uh, the Credit Union after uh, having a career with uh, two previous Credit Unions here, local in the district as well. So you've been there 17 years. 17 years. It's been a good 17 years. So why don't you tell people what a credit union is and what you all do? Uh, sure. So a credit union is a cooperative that offers financial services. The credit union is owned by the consumers who actually bank with us. So we do not have any outside investors. Our primary focus and investment is in our member owners. Um, and credit unions provide the whole gamut of financial services from savings, checking accounts to, you know, all types of, of loans, uh, credit cards, mortgages. And so um, a consumer can, uh, can gain access to both affordable and um, safe uh, financial services through, through a credit union. You just said something I, I like. A credit <laughs> union is owned by the customer, the people that... It's just like if I have my checking account with a bank, then I would own a part of that bank. Exactly. Oh, neat. I like the way that sounds. I, I've known that a long time, but the way you said it, it sort of rang uh, that neat. So just real quickly, for those of you that don't know what a co-op is, it depends on who owns and controls the co-op. There are four basic types. If it's owned and controlled by the employees, it's called a worker cooperative. If it's owned and controlled by the people that buys the services or the products, it's called a consumer cooperative. And credit unions are consumer cooperatives because it's owned and controlled by the members that bank there and get loans there. Uh, another type of uh, consumer co-op is a housing housing uh, cooperatives. But it could be any type. There's a uh, Carla, there is a... Uh, health clinic in Madison, Wisconsin is owned by the patients. Oh, very cool. Yeah. And then they set up all the policies. So it's patient centric. Sure. Not on money centric or doctor centric or investor centric. It's everything is sort of focused on what's needed for the patient. So the same thing for your credit union. It's all focused on what are the needs for the customer, the client, the people that bank there. Exactly. And the other two quickly types of co-ops is if it's a purchasing co-op and a farmers and artists are doing this, 
they they get together and they buy their fertilizer, their their feed, or artists are beginning to get warehouse space together, such that they can get more uh, for lesser price and perhaps even better. And on the other end, it's marketing co-ops, and that's farmers and artists and other people would come together and market their products or services. And by the same token, they can get to more markets and get a better price. And, Carla, another really great thing I've known in this program is artists will come together and form a co-op. And as you know, most artists, they, they feast or famine. And so what they begin to do is look at different ways that they could spread out the income. If artist A is making money this month but B isn't, then they share the money where B might be making money next month and A isn't. And I just think that's phenomenal because that's what happens with artists. It's up or down kind of world. So they're trying to spread that out so they can have consistent income. So that's what co-ops are about. Great. Who owns and controls it? And we're talking about a D.C. credit union, the employees. Now, who can be members of D.C. credit union? Um, So the credit union was originally formed by district government employees. And so the... The original group and original group that can join the credit union are D.C. government employees, even retirees, and their family members. More recently, though, we have expanded to include um, a community charter. So folks who um, live, work, worship in Ward 1, for instance, um, we also have a number of select um, group employers. And so, for instance, employees of BET, and then some associations as well, including members of CASA. So the what's CASA? CASA is um, is an organization that is headquartered um, right there in Langley Park, and uh, they they do advocacy for for immigrants, but also workforce development, uh, financial literacy, all sorts of uh, all sorts of uh, services that that help immigrants assimilate into into the, the U.S. life, but also the economy. And why Ward 1? I'm, I'm in Ward 7, so I want Ward 7, too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, but why Ward 1? Is that where you're located? Is that where your branches are? Um, yeah, this is really interesting. So would you mind if I just spend a couple minutes no, talking about no, the history interested. of the credit union? Great. Yeah. Um, so the credit union is formed in the 50s um, because D.C. government employees were having a really difficult time accessing um, affordable credit. Um, so the the employees band together. They they form this credit union. Um, they you know invest their monies in it, and so the credit union over the years grows and becomes very close uh, closely aligned, obviously, to the interest of its member owners, these these government employees. As public servants, they're very interested in you know in everything that has to do with um, ensuring that the, the the district becomes a strong community and that people have opportunities. And so it's in the it's more or less in the late '90s, early 2000s, when um, another another credit union, another um, credit union nearby, um, that was formed to basically provide services to Latino immigrants. The credit union is in need of help and merges into our credit union, and that is why Ward One comes into play because mm-hmm. uh, we sort of acquired this charter. Well. We have we have recognized over the years that sort of the the needs of the community change, and in the early 2000s, the needs very much were in ensuring that immigrants, particularly Latinos, but really any immigrant, was able to also have access to, you know, financial services. Many of them were disenfranchised because of language or um, documentation, and so 
And so our credit union then begins offering um, bilingual services, begins offering accounts to ITIN holders, and, you know, a whole gamut of products that would benefit um, and be responsive to the needs of those immigrants. You know, um, time continues to pass. Um, More recently, a group that is in need of financial services are young people, particularly those with either a first, you know, first job, needing a place to get their paychecks, needing access to those funds, needing to establish credit, build credit, and so forth. And so the credit union has grown from being simply an employer base to being more of a more of an open bond type of organization. Now, we are both a community development financial institution as well as designated with recognition in, in serving both low-income individuals and serving and being owned by minorities. And so sort of our mission of financial inclusion has continued to evolve. So in answer to your question, the long answer is mm-hmm. <laughs> we, have, we have evolved. Yes, it is uh, Ward 1 specifically as a geography that we serve. By, by, but by virtue of our affiliation with the district, we also serve those individuals who find themselves as underserved um, or who don't have a banking relationship but would benefit from a banking relationship. Um, so this is, um, this is a partnership. It's a public-private partnership that is called Bank on DC. So we serve anyone who, who would benefit from access to, to a financial institution through this partnership as well. So it's a very complicated bond, <laughs> but needless to say, it is a it is a large bond. Um, there are many ways in which individuals who are interested in in being engaged and benefiting from the credit union services to actually join our credit union. So what I got out of all of that, and mm-hmm. you put it together nicely, is that D.C. Credit Union one day will be for anybody that works and lives in D.C. Yes, that is the objective. All right. <laughs> got it. Clearly got it. So you, you mentioned products. No, but before we go to products, do you like what you're doing? I love what I do. I am actually uh, an immigrant. I grew up in, in Peru when we were under a military dictatorship. And um, as, a, as a young person, I remember not having much of uh, hope in, in the future. I remember our choices being very limited as they related to um, educational opportunity, but also just, you know, being able to have a safe uh, place to live um, in a happy home. Now, um, now, so, is that in Peru or once you got here? Or both? Uh, that's in Peru. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So I, I immigrated. I immigrated here. Um, I was I was somebody fortunate. I came to I came to college here, and um, when I started looking for a job, I I found a credit union. Um, I was not purposely looking to um, to work at a credit union, but once I started at a credit union, I, I realized that I you know, I was I was doing more than simply providing financial transactions. Okay, can, um, can I stop you a little bit? Because absolutely. I, I, I want to get this story. So can you tell me what year did you, you came to the U.S. for education for college? That's how you came here? Yes. So your, your rest of your family, your parents, sisters, brothers, cousins, whatever, are still in, were still in Peru at that time? That is correct. Where did you go to school? I went to school in Beloit, Wisconsin. Where? Beloit, Wisconsin. <laughs> it's, um, it's about an hour and a half west of Chicago. <laughs> Hour and a half west of Chicago. Yes. 
Okay. It's right on the border between um, Illinois and Wisconsin. Okay. And then I've, I've driven through it uh, ah, because cool. I've gone up that way. And then where do I end up at? Not Madison, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So I go up to Milwaukee and then, okay. All right. So you come here to go to college. What year then? So I come here in 83. 1983. Uh, did you get scholarship or write a check? Uh, so I got a partial scholarship. It was a it was a very generous scholarship. Fantastic. And your first job was, uh, let's try this credit union. <laughs> That's right. Here or in, in, in Wisconsin? Here in D.C. Okay. All right, so... That's about 1987? Um, it's actually 1988. Okay. All right. So you're here in D.C. in a credit union. And by the way, we're going to take our first break in a minute here. Okay. So you just came for a job. And then you I found out it was more than a job, more than banking. That's correct. Okay. In a minute, can you tell me what that was that you found out? Um, yes, it was about really helping people achieve whatever their dreams might be. That didn't take a minute. Helping people <laughs> <laughs> achieve their dreams. Helping people achieve their dreams. It was all about people helping people. Okay. Truly. Well, we're going to come right back and talk about helping people uh, achieve their dreams. We'll be right back. Please don't touch that dial. Washington, D.C.'s News Talk, 1450 AM, WOF, at 95.9 FM. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, you know, the National Corporate Bank uh, is the one that sponsors this program. Uh, the NCB's mission is to support and be an advocate for America's cooperatives and their members, especially in low-income communities, by providing innovative financial and related services and we have uh, Carla Decker, on, who's the president and executive director of D.C. Credit Unions. And they seem to have a similar, without her telling me their mission, they have a similar kind of mission as NCB. But she said they help people achieve their dreams. So that's why you love doing what you do. I've asked you that earlier. Is that right? <laughs> that is correct, yes. So you're a magician. Help people achieve their dreams. How do you do that? How do we do that? Yeah. So we are concerned about people first and foremost. From the get-go, uh, when people join the, the credit union, when people come to open uh, a bank account, we know that people don't just open a bank account for the sake of it. They, are, they want to do something with that money. If it's to live paycheck to paycheck and be more comfortable doing so, then there we are. We have, we have the tools to do that. If it's because they want to purchase something, um, leverage a little bit of their savings, access credit, then we're there for them. If it's something that is, you know, bigger, maybe maybe they're thinking about their family, um, raising kids and being able to send them to college and ensuring that those kids have a better life, we're there as well. Um, so people have aspirations, and they're typically long-term aspirations. Um, and so for us, it's about understanding understanding our members, getting to know our members, and then sort of journeying with our members through, you know, this this life of of saving, um, of borrowing, of getting things done and, and ultimately, you know, 
achieving a safe um, and and productive life for themselves and their families. And how, how do you? I, I, I'm on your webpage, DC Credit Union, uh-huh. and it says personal, small business, who we are, learn and grow. Yes. And it says the things that you just talked about: rebuild your credit, make a major purchase, save and plan for the future, manage your debt and finances, protect yourself from fraud calculations and financial seminars. What do you do in financial seminars? Uh, In financial seminars, we typically work with community-based organizations that are interested in providing some, you know, sort of financial education to their own constituents, to their own, you know, to their own group of people. Um, And so we will partner with um, these organizations and then develop curriculum that is applicable to, to their objectives and their goals. Um, so it can be anything from, for instance, it could be anything from, oh, um, young people um, understanding what a bank account is all about, uh, being able to compare different types of, of bank accounts, um, identify what, you know, what are the features of an account and how to use it responsibly, to sometimes we have we have groups that serve um, Elderly folks, and uh, they're interested in, in having us speak about how to maintain their their accounts safe and secure, how to ensure that they have access, you know, if, if something were to happen to them, and things of that nature. So it's the whole gamut of um, education that relates to just how to handle and how to manage your money, but also how to manage a banking relationship. If Chuck Snyder is still trying to do this, he was trying to figure out the last time I talked with him how he could and who he could hook up with. Chuck Snyder is the president of NCB, for those of you out there that don't know. He was trying to figure out how he he could get financial literacy in the D.C. public schools. Ah, that's a big one. And who could he team up with to do that because it is big. Yes. And it might be the credit unions. It might be. Because I'm looking on your web page, you said you go into classrooms. We sure do. Offices. We sure do. And let me tell you this. Um, we are only one of two financial institutions that provide bank accounts to the young people who participate in the summer youth employment program managed by the city. Um, and so these are, these are young people ages 14 to 24. Many of them, this is their first job. You know, it's a summer internship. Um, they are receiving wages, and we provide banking services for those youth. So everything from accepting that direct deposit to um, giving them access to their accounts uh, via a debit card so they can just they can purchase. Um, well, they can access money at an ATM, but they can also purchase at merchants. They can pay for their things online if, they, if they're buying online. Um, and then, and then we grow the account with the with the young people, so that if they need a tuition assistance, um, then we we have private student loans. If you know they need a first car or they need a credit card as they go to college or start a new job, that we are also there for them. So we grow these accounts, we step up these accounts um, to become a little bit more complex as the young person grows. Um, so, so yes, you know, very much invested in ensuring that young people have access to bank accounts and obviously also have access to financial education, which is so important to couple with that first bank account in order for the for the account really to to be beneficial to the youth. 
I personally want to know the answer to this question, but do you teach them, uh, do you have available a software package? I used to use Quicken back in the DOS days, but it seemed like it's gotten more complicated when I try to go back and use it. So I could have, I'm looking for something, but do you have such a software that would dump, would tell them what, what they have in their, would dump in all of the checks that they've written, or all of the debits that they had, so they'll see what the money's gone and how much they have at any given time? Um, so our online banking tool, actually, it's, it's pretty comprehensive, and it'll do something akin to that, where it will tell them where their money is going, whether it's for entertainment or travel or things Ooh. of that nature. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Fascinating. So let's let's talk about product right now. Sure. Um, on your webpage, it talked about you can buy a loan for 1.99% interest. Yes. Uh, that's on a car loan. Yeah. Yes. So the rates are very competitive because remember that we don't have outside investors. So so our earnings can be returned back to our members in the form of dividends on their savings, but also on lower rates on loans and lower fees. So you've got car loans. Suppose I wanted to buy a computer. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to borrow $1,000. But mm-hmm. it come down, and I can probably do it for 500 now. But. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, probably. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> if I wanted to come in for a $1,000 loan to buy something, what do you have to go through to get a loan? Um, so you can actually just apply online, and we will process your application that way. Uh, typically, for a small loan, what we're asking for is to to get to know you. So we will want to know where you're employed, um, how much money you make, if you have the time, we want to have a conversation with you just to find out, like, what is it you need this computer for and what are you doing in life and, you know, what are we planning for? We talked about, uh, you know, really getting to know our members. Um, and so that's that's sort of the, the conversation that takes place at the time. Um, but if you don't have time and you're just, you just want to buy the computer, then you can just do it online. You can submit your pay, your pay stub and um, and off you go. Yeah, we will try to make sure that we understand whether, you know, it's just the one transaction that you need. So is it just the one computer and um, more than likely a personal loan would would do for that. If you are buying one computer but plan on buying another computer later on because you have a small business or, you know, whatever the situation may be, then, then there might be a product that is more appropriate, whether it's a line of credit or a credit card. So we want to have those conversations in order to be able to match you to the best product. So I am a 35-year-old person. I've got $35,000 of debt. A lot of it is credit card debt at high interest, and I have $50,000 of student loans. Do you have anybody that works with me that helped me to figure out what's the best strategies to sort of get out of debt? And my credit score is 620. (laughs) (laughs) Well, your credit score score is probably 620. You probably pay all your debts, but you are probably using so much debt that that's why your credit score is 620. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And yes, we will work with you. Um, We don't have a magic solution that will immediately, you know, get rid of this debt. Um, So obviously it would be a a proposition by which we we draft a plan together, um, something that is realistic, um, and then and then help you basically budget so that you're paying this debt in a way that takes advantage of the lowest interest rate that is available to you, but also takes advantage of our knowledge as um, 
as financial people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so that at some point you can be debt free. Because I think that, that, that's, that's, the goal. Yeah. that's probably the goal. We've got to take our next break. You love what you're doing. You help people uh, meet their dreams. And you have these products that lower interest rates to help them to do that. And you also give them knowledge. When we come back, I want to talk about the values and principles of a cooperative to see how you all use that, these values and principles. You've, you've talked about people put in money and they can get money back with dividends. Uh, you've talked about training, so we'll we'll come back and, and talk about those principles when we get back. You love what you do. Been here <laughs> since 1983. Yes. So, is your are your parents still in Peru? If you could. Um, yes, my mother's still in Peru. Okay. All right, then we'll be right back. Please don't touch the dial. Everybody, this is Vernon Oaks. The program is Everything Cooperative, and Ms. Carla Decker, the President and Executive Director of DC Credit Union, is our guest today. Carla, our webpage is everything.coop. This program will be edited in the next week or two, and then it will be uploaded there, and people could go go get this. But also, I have your um, webpage is dccreditunion.coop. Yes. Ours is everything.coop. So if you wanted to find out about D.C. Credit Union, it used to be D.C. Federal Employees Credit Union. Um, or, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. It was District Government Employees, but it, it was a mouthful, <laughs> <Okay>. yes. <laughs> then you can go on and look and see. Now, small business. You have small businesses can join. Is that What's the criteria for a small? We talked about the individuals can join, who yes. can join now. But what's the criteria for small businesses to join? So we're still growing our, our small business offerings. Um, currently, the small businesses that are either owned by our current members or small businesses that are located within our community charter, which is Ward 1, um, those businesses can join the credit union. We have for the most part, community-based organizations that, um, that join the credit union at the moment. And that is why we're still, we're still learning and, and certainly have an aspiration to have a portfolio of small business um, accounts, um, including credit. Yeah, the reason I ask because I do run a small business. I run a property management company, and that's how I started. I learned 25 years ago about housing co-ops. And then the more I learned about co-ops, the more I love it. For all of the reasons you've already talked about. Yep. Plus some others. But again, we're in Ward 7, so we got to get you moving. <laughs> well, so, so that you know, one of our strategic objectives is to establish a branch in, you know, in Southeast D.C. And we, we've talked about wanting to be the, the credit union that can serve anyone in the district. Um, and so we continue to, to move towards that objective. Um, and so soon, hopefully, you would be able to just join the credit union. I was thinking about 
me and my employees because Absolutely. they're not in Ward 1 right now or a D.C. employee. And most credit unions have some reason for existence and it can only get certain members. And so there's no way that my employees right now, a lot of them, there's no way that they can become a, a member unless they have a family member that's already in. So, Vernon, I misunderstood your, your question. So as an employer, you actually can join the the credit union as in our credit union and you as your employer, uh, you as the employer can modify our charter so that your employees, your organization can actually be part of the credit union. As a result, you would be able to then extend membership to the credit union as a, an employment benefit. And all of your employees would be able to have access to to all of the services that we offer. All right. So you're saying that Oaks Management is the name of the company, property management company. Okay. We then can join DC Credit Union? So what we would do is we, together, Oaks Management and our credit union, mm-hmm. we would go to our federal regulator and amend the credit union's charter to include Oak Management as part of the field of membership. Oh, neat. So yeah. that, that means that any small business could do that. Absolutely. Okay, that that answers my question. There's a way of doing it. And then any employee from Oaks Management then can become a member because it's Oaks Management's a charter. Exactly. Fantastic. Okay. It's great right. news, isn't it? It is. It really is. <laughs> because of you can help my employees reach their dreams. And I got a couple of them that got children and they want to take them to college. They need savings and they really need training on how to manage money. Uh and they they don't listen to me too well. <laughs> well, I'm sure they listen to you well, but probably not about their own personal finances. And well, that's, I'm talking, that's, that's what I'm talking we, about. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. And so, you know, we we can we can fill in that gap. <laughs> we can ha- take on that role. Yes. Okay. So we could we could get small business in, we can do that. I'm I'm just so excited here. I've, I've lost words. <laughs> well, so if you go to our website, one of the things that that we that we really love about it is that we do focus on on people first, and uh, we share our own members' stories in our website because we believe that our members have achieved a lot and have gone through, in, in some instances, difficult journeys. And it is usually by sort of uh, learning about other people's experiences that you can be inspired to then to then really think about how you can achieve your own goals and aspirations. So that's another thing that we we very much highlight prominently in our website. So just for you all to know, that's go to the website and that's dccreditunion.coop. And then I went who we are and under who we are, there's something in our community called member stories. And then there's our member partners and I'm going to, be checking with you to become a partner here. Please um, do. And uh, there's stories about Sherry, Dejeuner, Edward. Edward, yes. Bought his first car. Yes. Yes, Kelly. Okay. And there's also there's also a story about a, a young lady who bought her first home, and um, her first home actually happened to be in a housing co-op. Okay. Now, that was a great journey into what I wanted to talk about. The sixth principle is cooperation 
for those of you who don't know, there's seven co-op principles that most co-ops are under and follow, and there's, there's also values. The sixth principle is co- cooperation among cooper- cooperatives. So working and getting a customer to buy into a housing co-op is one way of doing it. What other ways do you work with other cooperatives in the city? So for the most part, we work with other credit unions. Clearly, we, we do work with, with housing co-ops in, in terms of providing financing. Um, but when it comes to working directly with others in the district, it's typically through other credit unions. Um, so, for instance, uh, we worked with two credit unions that um, were very adept at serving uh, Latinos before we ventured into opening a branch in Mount Pleasant. Um, we wanted to make sure that we um, availed ourselves of all of the experience that was out there and that uh, and that we were ready to go um, with very culturally sensitive um, products but also uh, approaches to service so that's that's one way we work with other we work with other cooperatives in the sense again credit unions in the sense that we participate um, in loans for instance so for instance if um, a credit union has excess liquidity uh, member their maybe their members um, don't need to borrow as much because of their own demographics and we do um, then we are we are willing basically to share some of the funding of our member loans with with others so that other other credit union and other credit union members can also benefit we also provide shared branching services which means that our branch in Mount Pleasant, for instance, is open to any credit union member. So you don't have to be a member of DC Credit Union. You can be a member of any credit union and come to our branch and basically receive services. Um, so that's how we work locally. And then to the na- in the national and international levels, we work by volunteering in organizations that um, assist cooperatives uh, on, a, on a broader basis. So... Herb Fisher, who is an attorney out of Chicago, he's retired now and lives in Florida, but he wrote me and asked me to ask you, what can credit unions do to invite housing cooperatives to join and bring their business accounts, their savings accounts, which is called replacement reserves, and have their members, the people that belong in the housing co-ops, be members of the credit union? Yes. So we um, we have um, housing co-ops that are actually in our field of membership. Um, and the best thing that we can do is really to understand that we, uh, both credit unions and housing co-ops, share the same principles. We have the same objectives. Um, to find each other is, I think, the, the hardest part. Once that connection is made, once that introduction is made, then there are so many ways, as you described, that we can we can work together. So for us, for instance, it's understanding where the housing co-ops are in the district, um, how do they assemble themselves, how do they organize themselves, um, how to just how to reach out to them. In our case, the best way to connect is with either the board of directors of the housing co-op or with the property managers and the housing co-op, who can then make the introduction to the board of directors. But once once the the two cooperatives meet, it's um, you know it's it's easier going from there. I would suggest that there are some uh, credit unions that are not 
maybe accustomed or don't have a, a track record of providing financing uh, for cooperatives, um, and that there are organizations like the National Cooperative Business Association that can help guide just how you know how the financing works. Um, and actually, NCB um, it's a great also a great resource um, to assist you know credit unions also in better understanding just what you know what what does what does it entail to actually lend to both the housing cooperative but also the consumers who are buying units in the housing co-op okay i thought you were going to answer it that well let me say it to you a different way i belong to a 57 unit co-op in dc we have very financially solid let's say we could put in a savings account into your credit union of $300,000 tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we could put some money to help you build up your asset. Matter of fact, what is your asset base now? It is $60 million. $60 million. Yes. Good. Okay. We're going to help you grow it to a billion. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so you can provide more services. Absolutely. Um, so we could put some money in right away, but I thought you were going to say we would have to, it's called East Capital Gardens Cooperative in Ward 7 on the northeast side, and uh, we would apply, just like Oaks Management, you said earlier, would apply and get attached to the field. Yes. And then the members of East Capital Gardens could become members also. Is that possible? Yes, that is possible. That that would be wonderful. Now, the co-op has two, literally have two units to be sold right now. One of them is a two-bedroom for $150,000. This is a market rate co-op. And another one is a uh, two-bedroom larger for one seventy. They've both been totally renovated. Uh, gated community right beside, this is all commercial, by the way, right beside Benny Road Metro Stop, balconies, phenomenal. I mean, everybody that come loves them, but it's getting the share loan. Mm-hmm. That's what's been difficult. Yep. Uh, so it's like, how we might be able to work out some way of getting a share loan thing going also. Okay. Hmm. And absolutely, by the way, we, we, and we already have um, established relationships, just like you mentioned. Um, So the, so the housing cooperative becomes, you know, we, we jointly go to the, to the regulator, we amend our charter so that the housing co-op, regardless of where, where, where it's located can then, be a part of the credit union and all of its members be a part of the credit union. And so when there are vacancies um, and there and there are individuals who are trying to come into the cooperative, typically they will need financing. Okay, um, we got to take the break and we'll come right back and finish this. Okay. Sure. I'm anxious to hear it. Okay, thank you. We'll be right back. Washington, D.C.'s News Talk, 1450 AM, W-O-N, 95.9 FM. Information is power. And get a lot of information today from Ms. Carla Decker, who is the president of D.C. Credit Union. But the information by itself is no power. It's like having a gallon of gasoline in a, in, in a container. There's no power with that gasoline sitting there. It's not until you put some something to it, some action, some kind of striking it, and then it becomes very, very powerful. With 
information has to be the same way. You have to put some action to it. You have to do something with the information. So we encourage you to join a credit union. You can get to D.C. Credit Union by all of the ways that Carla's talking about, dccreditunion.coop. Go and see about joining or getting into a housing co-op or REI is here now. It is a consumer cooperative, too, who sells outdoor gear that's right here in the district. So join, look for co-ops, buy from them. Ace Hardware is a co-op, and Gina Schaefer, their uh, general manager, have been on the program a couple of times. And, Carla, we're going to get you back. I already know it right now. You have a lot of information. And I cannot tell you how excited I am because I've been having this conversation within the National Association of Housing Co-ops for at least 15 years of how we can get closer with credit unions to this cooperation among cooperatives because it seems like it's a natural fit. It sure is. It really is. Um, I think, you know, credit unions are are very interested in um, – Ensuring that there is uh, affordable housing, I think cooperatives are the key to providing uh, access to affordable housing, particularly in a high cost of living city like Washington, D.C. And so working together where we do what is what we do best, which is to finance and housing cooperatives do what they do best, which is to create uh, homeownership opportunities. I think that link is just natural and um, can be so successful and impactful. Absolutely. To really help communities grow, but it's it's, it's urban or rural because rural need need affordable housing just as much as so yeah people do we yes. know. all right and my favorite quote that I've learned on this on this radio program is Dame Pauline Green who, who was the president of International Cooperative Alliance says that co-ops help people to come out of poverty with dignity. And Absolutely. Getting financing, getting housing, they are so critical to raising a family. Uh, so, yeah, it's a natural. So co-ops, the first, the first principle is volunteer and open membership. So yours is not quite open in terms of to everybody. You have defined areas, but it's open, no, not regard to gender or social, racial, political, religious, or anything like that. Is that correct? That is correct, okay. yes. So it's not even age. Okay. You can go down to 14 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Democratic member control. The members are the ones that control the business. Is that, that is correct? That is correct, yes. So we um, we elect a, a board of, mem- of directors correct. from the membership. The membership um, participates in an annual meeting, and it is the board that sets the, the policies of the credit union. So the members are the ones that have the ultimate control, but they, they utilize that control by voting for, either running for to be on the board and are voting for board members. That is correct. Okay. Then there's member economic participation. You pay in, and if there are dividends or profits or surplus, whatever you call them, you can get that back in different ways. And the board, well, the members could set the overall policy, but board also set that policy, and then you and the other folks implement so is that right? They have member economic participation. Absolutely, that is that is correct. Um, so um, the the same consumers who are banking with us, they are keeping their savings here, um, taking their loans out. So they are participating in the in the business of the credit union, um, and uh, the benefit or the the returns uh, that that are generated from that business are returned in the form of uh, benefits to those members, as you mentioned, whether it's through the dividends, through the, the interest rates that we, that we charge on loans, 
lower fees on transactions and, and other types of things. But sort of the, the engine, it is the economic participation of our members. So it doesn't cost you anything to join. You don't have to put in $100 or $1,000 to join, but you do have to put some money into a credit and or a savings account. That is correct. You put $5 into a share account. Mm $5? $5. Yeah, we want to make sure that it's accessible to everybody. (laughs) I got it. Okay. Cinco dinero. Okay. Okay. So autonomous and independent. So that says that the cooperative members must be able to control the business. You can't have a government entity controlling it, um, nor if you borrow money that whoever you borrow money for cannot control it. It has to be the members. Is that the way you are run, too? That is the way that we are run as well, yes. We're an independent entity. We're a, a private corporation. Now the fifth one is education, training, and information. One of the reasons that I love uh, cooperatives. So how do you, you've talked a little bit about training your members or organizations, classrooms about financials, but how do you get people trained up about what a co-op is and how it functions? Uh, that's a really good question. So typically uh, we have different ways of communicating with our members um, through newsletters, through our website. And so we attempt at every at every turn to ensure that we are creating awareness for the fact that this is a cooperative and ensuring that our members understand how they can participate in that cooperative, how they can lead the cooperative as well, and what opportunities they have. We also do that at our annual membership meeting, uh, where we invite all of our members to come together uh, to not only hold elections, but also to ensure that they hear from our volunteer leaders, uh, from our staff, um, and that they have an opportunity or a venue in which they can ask questions and get clarifications to any you know, any material or any information that they have received. Um, and then education, it's, it's for our members, but also for our volunteers and our staff to ensure that we, you know, we maintain this cooperative culture that we have built um, in ensuring that it also has uh, longevity. And, um, and I've talked a, a bit about youth. Um, one of our interests, obviously, is in ensuring that there's a, that the next generation is also ready to benefit from this cooperative model that we have. Okay. All right. Wonderful. So you do have education. (laughs) We do. Yes. (laughs) We've already talked about cooperation among cooperatives, and there's just a number of different ways of of doing that. And you're right in the center of helping your clients, your customers, the people that bank with you achieve their dreams. And you can help different organizations, different communities. You, You have played a big part of helping communities solve their problems, particularly where money is involved. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, that is, that is our mission as a community development financial institution, which I think gets back to the last principle. The seventh one is concern for community, and that's the whole reason for the credit union. That's correct. That's, uh, that's our reason for being. I, I, the, the values are self-help, and I like that, that people help themselves, mm-hmm. not looking for a handout, uh, maybe a hand up sometimes for self-help, self-responsibility, democracy, equality, equity, and solidarity, working together. And what I like is in the tradition of the founders of cooperatives, cooperative members believe in the ethical values of honesty, openness, social responsibility, and caring for others and in the district, I really wish we could get these principles of honesty, openness, social responsibility, and caring for others on the hill, <laughs> in, on the Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., our Congress people in, in the White House. We could get that training. I love 
these values. Um, and work. yeah, and they they truly are you know guiding values. They're values that our our staff um, hold dearly, but also our our volunteer leaders and uh, and by extension, really all of our members as well. I think that individuals who have these values then find that working with a cooperative banking at a credit union then make a lot make a lot of sense. And, and that ultimately the concern truly truly is one that goes um, beyond the individual the individual and, and it expands to the concern for the for all of those around you, um, your family, your neighborhoods and your communities. Carl, I had a lady on last week from Finland. And Finland this year got number one position in being the happiest country in the world. And they've been in the top five or six now for quite some years, but they're number one. And uh-huh. she really believed that part of it is because 25% of the households in Finland are in cooperatives. Oh, very cool. And that these values is what makes people happy. It's really caring for each other, caring for the community. And so there's another benefit I had never thought about that co-ops can bring to a community. Just people be happy like you. I love what I do. So that's phenomenal. We only have another minute left. And so what would you like to leave people with? I would like to um, ask people to become informed about uh, cooperatives and credit unions in particular, Um, perhaps my credit union as well. But I think um, credit unions truly do provide in uh, just a a solid uh, local alternative to, you know, major banks. And that ultimately where you where you bank should be as concerned about your money as it should be about you and your family. Um, and that's what credit unions provide. And so I hope that while we, we do have uh, rules around field of membership, that uh, people do understand that our credit union is open, that we can work with folks to ensure that people can gain access to the credit union, um, and that ultimately our aspiration truly is to be the credit union for, for D.C., for a better D.C. Thank you, Better DC. Thank you very much, everybody. We'll see you next Thursday, and please live cooperatively, and I'm going to be calling you, Carla. Thank you. I look forward to it. All right. Have a great day, everybody. Bye now. Bye-bye. Washington, D.C.'s News Talk, 1450 AM, WOS, and 95.9 FM.